Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR338, and we are looking at NXT UK. We've got eight huge episodes on the network, and um, Pat Patterson was the first one that we watched January 24th. It was a life and legacy. Uh, this was brilliant. It was very apt to watch on the day I did, which was, of course, the Royal Rumble um, day, because, obviously, he, uh, he created the event in itself. Uh, this is my way, the life and legacy of Pat Patterson. And there's a lot of information here. It takes us all the way back to Montreal, where he was raised and born in 1941. His name was Pierre Clement. He has four brothers and sisters. Uh, age 16, started to train to become a professional wrestler. And Pat's family supported him. But he, and then Pat talks about knowing that he was gay, first of all, and he didn't like girls that way. Uh, he then had to San Francisco after his family kind of shunned him, where he... Um, Talking outside the uh, historic Cow Palace with WWs for Super Bowl shows, uh, Pat admitted to it uh, being gay, and the poet thought it was crazy for admitting. Pat, uh, Pat said he ended up working there for fifteen years. He formed a tag team with Ray Steven, and we see Hulk Hogan popping up as a talking head. Uh, and then you see he's talking about the else. Reigns tells him a story about Patterson versus Peter Maivia, uh being one of the sweetest ones uh, that we've seen, really, because you know Vince. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of stories out there of him being an arsehole or, you know, not very nice. But you can just see the genuine relationship between the two and kind of what Pat Patterson means to him. I mean, he left a huge mark and it is still difficult um, that he's gone. Vince loved him and the wrestlers did respect him as well. Um, we get February 14th to WWE Day of the uh, Royal Rumble. Uh, lovely tribute to Pat. Obviously, we talk about um, him creating the Rumble event. Edge worried about injuries. Christian making his comeback. Little did we know. We see some great backstage stuff. Blair winning the Rumble and Flair, Triple H, Montez with her saying that, you know, she's a star now. Woods, a New Day tribute uh, with tears in his eyes. Talking about, of course, Brody Lee. Speaking of the uh, the new day, uh, Big E WWE twenty four, and again this was another fantastic documentary. We see a lot of Big E's life here, of course, starting off um, playing American football, but of course injuries uh, stopping his dream, and then a kind of chance meeting with someone who knew Jr. Said if anybody you know maybe had the look, and he came into FCW at the time, you know, whereas people like Seth Rollins and of course you know uh, Zayn, they were saying how. This guy kind of just had that personality and he wasn't just kind of this big, scary guy. And of course, up to his main roster debut with Dolph Ziggler, where he was kind of the heavy and then moving on to the New Day. And I still remember the New Day vignettes. I mean, you know, talk about Final Force. I love Big E's personality, his ability to do multiple things. The early footage was brilliant in FCW. I remember the New Day vignettes. I mean, it's in shit got serious. We started talking about uh, Black Lives Matter and everything like this. You know, the Brody stuff was absolutely um it was great, and I hope this time next year he is WWE Wells Champion. And then we get Sasha Banks on the uh, Stone Cold podcast. She was always wanting to be a wrestler and to be the best. And when she came up with a boss character, Dusty was the only one who understood it. Uh, Banks after Mania 32 thought she sucked, but Austin was there. We actually see the footage of backstage and saying, no, you didn't suck, you did all right, you know, after that fantastic triple threat match. She wasn't happy, and then, of course, walking away, Vince said you can have 30 days off. She took, like, six months off come back and now it's kind of bigger than ever and of course coming back in the feud with Bailey, and it is absolutely brilliant you now that the feud that they have in the match that finished off ahead in the cell and of course Sasha Banks now women's champion and going towards um Wrestlemania to face Belair move on to Goldberg at 54 uh again Biggie at the start I mean he is so nice saying to a uh, Bill you know that uh I'm a huge fan of Goldberg saying that you're actually killing it 
uh, today. Old Bill said he's laughed at flair wrestling in his 40s and he's doing it now in his 50s. And back when he was younger, he didn't appreciate wrestling. He didn't live wrestling. You see a fantastic thing for 2000 as well where he, when he actually says it, you know. Uh, Goldberg gets um, tortured by stretching muscles and announcing what you've got rather than trying to build new ones. We see Gage's son work with him. Uh, 2016, as far as soon as he was a kid, said he was flabby. Just don't push him too much, you know. Uh, hugging his dad in Vince, he has that relationship. Did Goldberg said everything's changed? You know, he looks at Vince differently now. Uh, he pushed against it in 2004, and then we see highlights of the Rumble match against McIntyre. He says no one deserves it more than Drew does, and Billy's uh, really humble. This is good stuff, um, but he says this is not the end. And of course, we know he has more matches left in him with his contract. And then WWE celebrating Stone Cold Week with documentaries, uh, Broken Skull Sessions and more. And of course, as we know, it's 25 years since the Stone Cold Steve Austin character uh, came about incredibly. And of course, we had March 16th, aka Austin 316 Day. Uh, and of course, now we see new documentaries and stuff like this. We've got Meeting Stone Cold, uh, where WWE superstars and legends recall their first impressions of Austin. We see the Untag Ric Flair, Booker T, Savio Vega talking about his great story of when the lights went out at Beware of Dog and they had to continue wrestling. But of course, the second match carried on as well. And the kind of birth of the Stone Cold character. And talking about the birth of the Stone Cold characters, we've got the birth of the Stunner. Um, and this was uh, quite an interesting documentary. We'll get on to that in just a second. We've got the W Best of Stone Cold and the uh, new Broken Skull Sessions with Randy Orton as well. Of course, we'll give that a view as soon as it drops. Uh, we see the birth of Stunner. It's only 14 minutes. Uh, Stone Cold narrating the clips. Downs drink for every Stunner you see on here. It's a drinking game now. Uh, we've got Booker, King, Regal, Savio Vega. Of course, Michael Hayes come up with the finish for the Stunner back in 94. He was injured, so... Um, as the, the move away, lets his tag team partner take it. And, of course, now he moved to the WWF. And at that time, Stone Cold was the ringmaster. It's amazing to think uh, there's still new stuff about Austin to be made after everything that we've had. But uh, the first Stunner versus Vega, June 23rd. And we talk about Austin adding the kick because, to, you know, before it was kind of more like a RKO setup, but now with a kick to the stomach, low in the head, and then the Stunner. And, of course, famous Stunners. Uh, Mr. McMahon, the first one, September of 97. Of course, Monday Night Raws, uh, Wars and the worst stunner probably ever taken. The Rock with the best stunners ever taken, trying to hit that second or third rope. And of course, Scott Hall as well with the bounce one at WrestleMania 18. He talks about beer drinking after shows as well. Um, about when it was off the air and every time someone took the beer from him, he'd always give him a stunner. And Owens is nice to talk about how he asked Austin to use the move. Uh, and then finally, Foley puts him over huge by saying, you know, he had everything, including a great finishing move. But this felt more like a trailer. One to news, and Tyler Rex and former WWE wrestler performers Tyler Rex has come out as transgender woman named Gabby Tuft. Tuft wrestled with Rex for WWE between 2008 and 2012, and is the first known WWE superstar to publicly come out as transgender. Uh, she discussed her transition in a Friday interview with Extra TV. She said, this is me, unashamed, unabashedly me. This is the side of me that was hidden in the fear for what the world would think. Afraid of what my family, friends and followers would do or say. My loving wife, family and closest friends have accepted me for who I am. To them, I am forever grateful. I don't expect everyone to agree or understand. It's not my place to change any of your core beliefs. Just know that the outer shell may change, but the soul remains the same. I am no longer afraid and no longer fearful. I can now say with confidence that I love myself for who I am. And fair play to you, Tyler Rex. I mean, long gone on the days when people make a joke about that. Be who you want to be. And if you're happy, like I said, fuck the rest of them as well.
We talk about breaking hearts, and Teddy Hart has been arrested in the state of Texas. A 41-year-old, his real name is Edward Ellsworth Annis, is currently being held at the Correction Centre after being arrested on February 10th. The charges stem from arrest in 2016. According to that, he was charged of evading arrest, injuring children, elderly disabled person, and possession of a controlled substance. Uh, well, you know, it's a bit of a shame for Teddy Hart because his career, 98, said a teenager, became the youngest person to be signed to the contract. He was sent to train with Dory Funk Jr., but by 2002, he's been released. He was returned to W in 2005, and again from 2006 to 2007 in FCW. In other years, he has stints with Ring of Honor, Major League Wrestling, AAA, and TNA. Um, as well as stints on the independent scene. He's part of the legendary Hart family, cousins and Italian Davy Boy Smith Jr., but it's just never really worked out for him. We move on to arrivals and the list of the signs of the company's future global expansion plans and our latest evidence that the wrestling is a family business passed down from generation to generation. And today, W announced the latest of the next UK, including Miko Satomura of Japan, Tony Gill of West Sussex, uh, Matein Kogabakalu of Germany and Bailey Matthews of Blackpool, England. They joined a crop of talent recently debuted in NXT, including Rampage Bound, Aaliyah James, Charles Samuels and Ben Carter. And a little bit about each one, Miko Satomura. Lord has been the best in the world. She was part of the 2018 May Young Classic where she faced Tony Storm in the semi-finals. Having founded uh, Sanada Girls Pro Wrestling, she went on to huge success on the independent scene or become Progress Women's Champion. Uh, Anglo-Indian Tony Gill moved to Australia as a child before heading to Canada where he trained under Lance Storm. Following the footsteps of the biggest Punjabi names in history including the great Carleen Jindam Hall. He's ready to make an impact in its UK bringing a combination of styles inspired by the likes of Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle. Uh, Mithan Kokobaskoglu represented its Turkish television company being designed in Berlin, Germany the 6 foot powerhouse almost became UK champion for over 700 days making the longest serving champion in all of WWE since Hulk Hogan's first WWE title reign from 1984 to 1988 alright we're going to move on to NXT UK and we start with January 18th edition we're back in the BT studios in London Randy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness but first Jordan Devlin for a promo who claims to live his life to a high standard and wants to beat that standard only for Trent Seven to interrupt him Trent blows smoke up Devlin's rear then offers him a challenge he's going to trim down to 205 and get a shot and if this leads to a Christian style wacky vignettes I'm all in. Trent benches Devlin out to end the segment and stands on the title belt as he promised to enter the division. This was good shit. We might get a less husky Trent. We see Eddie Dennis is giving a hunt a pep talk. He's banned from ringside late tonight. Kaylee Ray, vignette time. She's still the longest reigning NXT UK women's champ. She wants the best in the world. Step forward, Miko Satamora with footage from Progress, WXW, the Mayan Classic and the girls. Yep. Rumour, and like we said, we have now confirmed it. Miko is in NXT UK. Backstage, pretty deadly, a warming up, and then Ben Carter versus Sam Gradwell. Uh, nine minutes of the show, and some finally some wrestling. Gradwell cuts a promo on his way to the ring, mocking Carter's PE shorts, mining from his he's from Jersey, so he's in the wrong place, and he's a yogurt. I mean, I really do like Sam Gradwell. Uh, Gradwell promises to send Carter back to Jersey in a catamaran. There's some good stuff here. Some ground and power, followed by. Gradwell blocked us, then at a springboard backflip into the Isle of Hurricane as a fog splash gets Carter's maiden win. This was a really good TV match with Gradwell, a real gem on the mic, and more than handy in the ring. Uh, Carter was able to show more flashy stuff in there on his debut. This was um, a fantastic fan of both of these. Like to talk about you, yogurt. Really good match. Both of these would work well on the main roster. I mean, Gradwell's got the look and, and the ability. And, of course, uh, we know... 
all about Ben Carter as well. We see the Welsh lads warming up back. Well, Shah Samuels is chatting with Naam Dar. The one time Ed Harvey is vesting next, but first Oliver Carter and Astrid Smith needs to be shown warming up. And then it's Josh Morrell versus Shah Samuels. Josh has music and a brief entrance. Shah gets a proper entrance this time. Ground and pound from Shah follows, but a nice back body drop lock to shake up Morrell's. Did a PK to the back. Uh, Morel looks for a crossbody, but he's just dumped with a slam before Shah misses an elbow drop and a charge in the corner. A leg glare from Morel finds its mark and he's fought back with chops and uppercuts. A drop kick against Stanley Corkscrew. Mussart almost puts Shah away. A hip toss into a pin gets Morel ahead, but Shah dumps him with another lariat. Then a spine buster for the butcher's hook forces the submission. This is the Shah we want to see. Uh, very mouthy and keeping the essence of being from the Indies. More of this, please. This was brilliant. Nigel was asked about Shah changing his name. He just said, go for it. Uh, sometimes you have to change. Just ask her angle. And then I dragging off that PC, showing off his one-arm push-ups as random interview. Yeah, yeah. Apparently it wasn't a plan, but he's interrupted by Sam Gradwell, who's bouncing from one match to another. Backstage, same interview guy, speaking to Rampage about new arrivals. You're interrupted by the Gallus lads. The old bump fist and issue a chance to Joe Coffey. Walter has to be the destination, right? And then next week, Nina Samuels faces our Brookside and Jordan Devlin's Open Challenge returns. Up next is the elimination matches. Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Andrews versus Pretty Deadly, Lewis Howley and Sam Stoker versus Oliver Carter and Astra Smith. Winner gets a shot at Gallus tag titles at some point to be determined. Webster gets a newish logo on his jacket that looks like that logo. Meanwhile, Paul Carter and Smith didn't get an entrance. Andrews and Stoker start first in this elimination match. Let's see how many pins get broken up. Uh, Andrews tags in for a step up Rana off Webster's back then a drop kick but he wandered into the pretty deadly corner as Lewis Howley came in to steal a pin as Gallus watched from another part of the studio Carter hits something akin to the inverted silly string on Andrews we get a tower of doom lots of bodies flying the colours flash and all eight men are down a uh, gut wrench suplex from Smith tosses Stoker across the ring but Stoker slips out of fireman's carry count Howley's for the kick out but back and forth roll up gets a two Carter's back as Smith propels him into a 450 splash for Stoker for another near fall Stoker enough and tags in Andrews he hits a wheelbarrow ball to Carter then chops Smith Webster blocks himself in Smith and Andrews on his shoulders it's turned to a bicycle knee assisted reverse run on Smith as Webster gets the pin to make the elimination at 15 minutes 10 which leaves us with pretty deadly versus Andrews and Webster well, Webster stags in with shadows over Malice. Makes a save. Andrews takes care of Howley with a slingshot run onto the floor for Webster. Back body drops Stokely into Howley. Webster followed up with a second shadows over Malice. Sent on bomb to the floor. While Andrews went for a dive and got jabbed in the knee by a chair from Eddie Dennis. That's why they're not mentioning the old injury. Howley and Stoke have Webster down on the floor. And it's easy pickers there with a heart attack, net breaker for the win. Uh, this was rough at first being too wild and fast. It was only good as a four-way. But we had elimination that really picked up steam. And nobody broke anybody else's pins. Uh, new title contenders makes me happy, but Eddie Dennis running was far from subtle. Uh, pretty Deadly stay at Gallus from across the studio, except it's only Joe Coffey in the box. The tag team champions need music and entrance so they can really stare down from the aisle. Uh, this was really good stuff. Another good episode. Move on to February 4th and opening sequence, and then commentary opens with a bit of surprising chat about how the pandemic is shaking everybody. First match is Zaya Brookside versus Nina Samuels. As usual, Samuels has a man carrying her bags and tells Brookside she should be doing just that. They start fast with Brookside taking her to the mat and then putting her on the arm as they back up. Samuels kicks her into the corner low. She sits on Brookside's leg, sitting on the chin lock. Making that an armour, but Brookside fights up and slugs away. Running in the corner sets up a running face plant and they head outside. Brookside kicks the steps by mistake so Samuels falls a suitcase a loaded purse to knock Brookside silly for the pin. She poses and says she told her so. This feud is not over but Nina impresses in this part. 
Jordan Devlin wants to know who he's facing tonight, but says Scala isn't sure. And then Scala talks to Jack Stiles behind closed doors, and Stiles doesn't look too thrilled. Looks like Scala's trying to find Devlin's opponent. And then Josh Morrell versus Joseph Connors. Connors says Ginny in his corner. The grapple exchange goes nowhere to start. So Morrell drop kicks him to the floor, where Connors needs to talk to Ginny. Back in, and Connors starts ca- uh, cranking on the arm for clothesline him down, trying for the flip out. The arm is snapped. Connors crucifixes him for two. There's a backbreaker again and hit the armbar. This one doesn't last long as Morrell fights up and increases the pace with drop kick. He then has to bow something up the top but gets run over again. A net breaker finishes it for Connors at five minutes. Um, is Connors really worth it? I mean, I'm not really sure. They're trying with a team, but right now they're acting like strangers to another. We get a video on Charles Samuels who calls himself the butcher because he comes from a family of butchers. Zar Brookside wants a rematch with Nina Samuels and all the Scarlet to get it done. The next match is Ah Dragonoff versus Tyson T Bone. T Bone promises to win during his entrance and they charge at each other to start in a hurry. Some shots to the back have Dragonoff in trouble, so he rolls over in the key lock. Cue Sam Gradwell to watch from ringside and heckle Dragonoff. Ah slam into a knee drop keeps Dragonoff down and T Bone suplexes it again. Gradwell says, Your family is watching you, yogurt. And then Dragonoff manages to knock him into the corner but charges into a belly-to-back suplex. Half-Nelson suplex puts Dragonoff on the floor while Gradwell talks even more. T-Bone follows some shots to the back and Dragonoff snaps to unload on T-Bone outside. They go back in where Dragonoff takes him down with it. The slow mental deterioration of Riot is one of wrestling's best stories right now. Uh, we, he sees Walter's face in his nightmares and you know as soon as he gets hit in that match, there he is. Gradwell talking shit throughout. Um, it was a chop across the back again that kind of turned dire. So we'd have to look at that. Post-match, Gradwell yells at Dragonoff some more, saying he let his family down. Do you need a cuddle? Uh, Dragonoff snaps and runs over the camera, but referees keep them apart before violence can ensure what a match that will be. And then Mikasa Marora is here next week, and some people are rather pleased. So Scala tries to find Devlin's opponent. We then get Joe Coffey versus Danny Jones. Uh, Coffey drives a tall Jones up against the ropes, but Jones slaps him in the face. Down. He then manages some shots to the face, including a jumping knee, but a belly-to-back suplex cuts him off. A sleeper staggers Coffey, but he's right back in with a running headbutt into the corner. All the best for the Bells, finishes Jones in two minutes. Uh, post-match, Coffey says if Rampage Brown wants to make a name for himself, he needs someone to hit him in the face really hard. Cue Brown to say anytime, anywhere. Well, this was a squash, but I just don't think Coffee has just got that kind of next level. Hopefully, Brown can get the win in the match. And look, Gallus is ready for them. We get video of Eddie Dennis slash Morgan Webster, Mark Andrews. They meet in a street fight next week. And here's Jordan Devlin for the main event. The Scholars found of an opponent. It's just not for the title. It is Dave Mastiff and non-title, of course. Devlin works on the wrist lock to start before switching to the early headlock. One shoulder hits Devlin through and Mass will cartwheels away and drops a backsplash. Rich Roll sends Mastiff to the floor where Devlin and following on to get caught into a regal roll. Mastiff breaks the count but goes back to the floor where Into the Void only hits and breaks the barricade. Devlin is still down so Mastiff hits the top right headbutt forward with commentary losing it on a kick out. A drop kick to the leg takes Mastiff down again low and there's a slingshot cutter to knock him silly. Devlin adds a 450 pin for the win. I mean Mastiff really bought in this match. This was really good. The Irish Ace proving he belongs and the similarities between Bala. But who cares when there's matches like this. We move on to the next episode, February 11th. The show opened with a video recapping a few between Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster and The Hunt. This is a clip from earlier today with Andrews for a room. We'll see a scholar running up at them. 
Webster, Webster and Anderson are retired playing a numbers game and handed Scull a wild boar's mask. Boy was being laid out to the floor. The main event street fight was changed for Andrews and Webster versus Primate and Eddie Dennis. Uh, Sutton was shown work walking through the backstage area where she was watched by Zaya Brookside, Sculler, a Piper, and even for a match against Isla Dorm. She dished out some leg kicks early on, then controlled Dorm with a headlock. Dawn did get some offence in, but was quickly wiped out as Kaylee Ray was shown watching a big glass window. Dawn hit normal like suplex and followed with a running Meteora and then went to the top rope, but she got thrown back down to the mat by a superplex. Dawn did hit Saito suplex for another two count, but Satomura came back with strikes, a spinning kick and a DDT. Satomura then followed with a scorpion rising as kind of step-up axe kick for the pin full victory. And after the match, uh, Kaylee Ray posed with a title back behind the glass as Satomura urged her to join her in the ring. Dawn didn't look bad, even though it's about getting over how respect and potentially dominant it will become. Great finisher, and we met in the dressing room with a television. Uh, NXT UK general manager Johnny Saint appeared on the screen and said only people want to see a match between Brown and Coffee more than him and fans and Brown. Um, and Coffee themselves, he made the match official for next week. Of course, Brown should come out on top. And then we get a video of uh, Danny Luna Aaron showing her workout with weights. Luna said it was good for him to the ring and know you were the strongest there. She said she wanted to be a better version of herself and learn to push yourself until you wanted. And uh, we get a video on uh, Valkyrie Aaron where she said she would. F- and then Satamore cut promo after a match of Japanese included with Kaylee Ray. I am ready for you. We get Supernova sessions with Shah Samuels. Now I'm dying to introduce Samuels as his best mate. He would not let Samuels sit on a simple chair used for his guest. So they sat on the couch. He worked hard for 18 years to finally make it to the big stage. Now half the NXT UK roster wouldn't be here if it wasn't for his work. We wish Samuels had, which brought out Sid Sculler. It's great to see both guys in New York. And um, it saw both of them in Rev Pro five years ago. And then Samuels called Scala to help and demanded to see Johnny Saint. But Dahl quickly de-escalated the situation and told Samuels that Scala was in fact the general assistant manager. Darlin talks about how Samuels represent the heritage of the sport and tells Scala that Ed Harvey gimmick NXT UK initially gave to Samuels. Dahl suggested a Heritage Cup match with Samuels challenging a kid. Scala said he would consider it. Nina Samuel sat in the backstage area and accepted Zia Brookside's request for a championship. And then Piper Niven, a male slapped Niven but got slapped back, dropped and wiped out with a running crossbody for a seat position. Niven kicked Amaya in the corner but Connors walked out and allowed Amaya to attack Niven. She looked for a suplex but got hit with a headbutt followed by a somersault sent on in the corner. Niven then hit the pipe driver for the win. Connors looked on from the entrance and slowly clapped. Niven was irritated. Niven still waits for a shot. At the women's title. A video air focused on Gallus and Pretty Deadly. who will have their NXT UK Tag Team title match in two weeks. A highlight will be in action next week. Also we get A-Kid versus Shah Samuels. And Rampo Brown versus Joe Coffey. Our main event for this one loads a tag team street fight. Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster versus Primate and Eddie Dennis. Um... Here we go. We see uh, Andrews and Webster's music play, but it did not come out. The camera went backstage and found Primate and Dennis beaten down on both men. Andrews had been put through a table and they drove from the production box into him. The heels dragged Webster to the ring and the bell finally rang. Primate clashed into the corner, right out of the way. Dennis hit a slam on Webster for two count. Webster briefly went wild but got beaten with Dennis' belts to stop him with his tracks. Primate finally threw Webster over the barricade to help him. And Dennis slapped him round. Uh, Andrew suddenly appeared on top of a huge production scaffold and hit a big moonsault and Dennis and Primate. That was dangerous. Dennis Webster squared off, as did 
Andrews and Primate. Webster hit a somersault centre off the apron on Dennis. Uh, hit a springboard close on Andrews for the barricade. Uh, steel chairs as they finally met inside the ring. Dennis took out Andrews' knee with a chair but got another shot blocked by Webster's helmet. Not that one. Webster whacking the former headmaster with it. Dennis took out Webster with a kendo stick, but he had an insecure from Andrews. Andrews hit a stun dog millionaire, went to the top, but Primate added his knee with a kendo stick. The hills worked over Andrews' knee in the ring, targeting with chairs and submissions. Um, Webster hit a running knee, and Andrews completed the sunset bomb onto the floor. Dennis was alone in the ring, begging as Andrews Webster's joined with kendo sticks. The back of Webster and Dennis were fed welts on the back of the kendo stick attacks. Andrews and Webster got the table from under the ring. They got Dennis on the table. Primate was looking to get back. Andrews took care of him, but the German suplexed him out of the ring for his shovels. Dennis rolled off the table. Webster hit a somersault sentinel in his back. Primate finally made the save and hit Webster with an explosion into the corner. Primate set a table up in the corner and Dennis went for a seven bridge, but Andrews made the save. Dennis went for a top rope seven bridge, but Webster turned it to a super hurricane runner. Primate got the pin for the table off a after Webster went off the top with Andrews hitting a shooting star press on Primate, while Webster hit a 630 center on Dennis. Andrews then pinned Primate to get the win. It's got a chance. Go back and listen to that. Honestly, go back, go on the network, try and find it. It is absolutely brilliant. Uh, we move on to the 18th of March. No, we don't. We move on to the 18th of February. <laughs> and Andy Shepard and Nigel begin this welcome fans to WWE NXT UK. We kick things off with NXT UK Heritage Cup Challenge. It's uh, A-Kid the Holder versus Charles Samuels. Round one, Samuels falls A-Kid into shoulder first. Towards the ring post, Samuels puts A-Kid in the crossface. A-Kid taps a few round concludes. So Charles Samuels gains a point for the first round. Round two, A-Kid connects with a stiff kick and a dive through the middle rope, which looked great. That concludes the second round. Samuels is still in the lead. No new pounds, uh, points were awarded in the round three. A-Kid lands a beautiful super kick with a pinfall point on Samuels. And A-Kid and Charles Samuels are tied 1-1. Um... Round four, both men exchange low stiff kicks at the beginning of this round. Samuels floors Akid for only a near fall. Akid picks up the pace for the Samuels kicks out. Akid gets caught mid with a massive slam for Samuels. Samuels goes for another pin attempt. Akid kicks out. He does it again. Same results. Samuels clutches on with a butcher hook. Akid looks like he's about to fade, but the bell saves him from tapping out. No new points added there. And then round five, final round. Samuels looks for another butcher's hook submission. Akid escapes by the skin of a teeth. He looks on a lethal armbar. Samuels has to tap out. And uh, Akid earns a second point there for retaining the uh, uh, Heritage Cup. Charlotte's great, and even though he didn't leave with a cup, still gave a hell of a performance. I'm not sure about Akid. If you're struggling for personality in the next UK, uh, WB might not work out, but it's still a great match. And we look ahead with a hype video before Joe Coffey and Rampage Brown's main event. We see a highlight reel of Walter's dominant reign in the next UK that now equates to the former next UK champion Pete Dunne's title reign. Didn't think anyone would ever do that. And then we get Ben Carter versus Josh Morrell. Josh Morrell puts Ben Carter in the rear chin lock at the beginning of the match. Carter turns it with a side headlock. They reset. Uh, Morrell floats with a bow and arrow submission. Carter returns the favour on Morrell. He rolls over for another near four at two. Morrell scales the top. Carter throws him off with a springboard net breaker before landing a fog splash. Carter hooks the legs on Morrell and picks up another victory. Your winner, Ben Carter. Both of these guys will be stars. Carter might be one in the generation talent. That's how good he is. Really good match. Next, we see Sith Sculler holding a press conference ahead of Kaylee Ray's NXT Women's Championship defense against newcomer Mika Satamore in two weeks. Mika says that it's been easy for Ray to capitalize on the longest women's champion because she has some easy challenges. Now she believes Ray has met a match, and that's why she asked for this one. She can teach Ray how to succeed in the industry. Ray states that she needs this match to prove her supremacy.
uh, John Luna pounds into the corner to start and easily blocks the crucifix attempts. James gets tossed down again as a suplex sender back into the corner. Luna's powerbomb is captured to Hurricane on two. Back in a hard clothesline, the forearm puts James on the apron. Luna catches the springboard without much effort. Luna firearm carries into a set of powerbomb for the pin in three and a half minutes. This was a squash. We need to see a bit more. And then Jenny knows Piper Niven's looking for her. Says if Niven wants a match, all she has to do is ask. Um, next week, Pretty Deadly will officially challenge Gallus for the XUK Tag Team Championships. And now the main event. It's Rampage Brown versus Joe Coffey. Well, Coffey yells at to Brown that this is his kingdom. Brown clocks him halfway during his statement. Coffey returns the favour with a low basement drop kick. Coffee puts him in another straight jacket lockup. Brown escapes with a massive lariat and then slams him spine first onto the canvas. Coffee runs right into a big boot. Brown looks to put Joe away with a brain buster. He hooks the leg, but Coffee stays alive with a kick out. Coffee creates some distance by throwing him over the shoulder and charges towards Brown in the corner with a suplex and then a pounce. He rushes towards Brown on the outside, but he manages to sidestep in time and Coffee clashes right into the still steps, causing some damage to his left arm. In the ring, Coffee has a hard time getting a hook on Brown. Brown connects with a Pele kick on Coffee's injured arm. Brown then sends him with a powerful Doctor Bomb, and he picks up the pin for victory. Winner, Rampage Brown. Thoughts, this is the first time Coffee has lost someone who's not NXT UK champion in NXT. Um, what more can you do with him? Brown v. Walter will be epic. Big Man match would pay off. It's a nice sign of respect at the end as well. Move on to the next episode. It's February 25th. It's the title week around here. As Gallus is defending the tag team titles against Pretty Deadly in a match that seems set for a good while now. Gallus has held the titles since October 2019. Um, we'll see what happens here tonight. And we get a look at the title matches expected in the opening sequence. And then Zara Brookside versus Nina Samuels. The loser is the winner's servant for a month after Samuels cost her a few matches. As a preview, Samuels' bags are brought to ringside by Henry. Brookside tro- uh, jumps her to start and the fight is on the hurry. With Samuels being wrapped around the top rope. Samuels bails to the floor and kicks Brookside with the bags for a nine count. Back in and Samuels grabs a rear head. Um, choke with body scissors with that going nowhere it's off to an armbar and then a surfboard but Brookside flips over into a cover for two netbreaker gives Brookside the same she knocks Samuels outside and Brookside has been all nice here and hammers away on the floor but Hurricane is easily blocked Samuels isn't happy with Brookside beating the count goes to grab the tablet from Henry with Henry gone Brookside kicks the tablet away and grabs a roll up for the pin in just under six minutes I don't mind this Samuels gimmick and Brookside has a hell of a lot of upside it's a great face versus a good heel it's an okay match with Zaya still learning Samuels dominated the majority of it in post-match reality sets in for Samuels and panicking in Trent Seven is trying to get down to 205 uh, pounds but it's really hard that includes running with dogs and uh, snapping towels this is brilliant but the story may be affected by Devlin going back to America and then Aya Dragunov isn't sure what he's been doing lately but Sam Gravel comes up for a challenge game on next work uh, next week in a bit yogurt and then Bailey Matthews versus Tyler Bates. And this is 19-year-old Bailey's debut. You might have heard of his dad, William Regal. You can see by his looks. I mean, does he look like his dad? I mean, I'm not really sure. He's kind of got the curly hair, a little bit of sideburns. And he's going to go against he's probably number one guys in the entire roster in Tyler Bates. Well, Bates is in fantastic shape, there's no doubt about it. But you've got to ask yourself the direction of him. Of course, former ex-UK champion... Is he here just to help the young guys, young Matthews? Or is he there to challenge for the title once again? Of course, his match with Walter at TakeOver was, was a classic to this day. Collar and elbow type to start. And that's Matthews able to snap straight down. And Bate now with a monkey flip. But Bailey's still got wrist control. And Bate just gets out of that beautifully. Uses a leg, now grabs the wrist himself. 
takes him down on the collar and elbow tie up and now it's Bailey with the arm. He rolls through now, looking for the Kimura. Now Bait using the legs, trying to get out of this. And he does manage to get the arm, but Bait nice back in the leg lock. And the head scissors now got him caught. Well, Bait managing to get out again. This is classic British wrestling. This is on the mat, touch tights for each other. And Matthews again with another takedown. Now a variation of Donald's stretch. And for 19, very technical proficient. Now a nice cravat there. And a cravat roll there as well. And Bate maybe underestimated his opponent. And a big comes together. Matthews has got size as well. Bate now using his speed. Leapfrog went for hip toss and a nice backslide. Now Bate now back in the guillotine. There you go. First strike. Cut the uppercuts. But Bailey now impressing himself. A gut wrench suplex. And now Matthews with a couple of uppercuts. And he's been in control the majority of this match. Taking Bate down. And, and as he came running in, maybe a bit of experience from Bate using an upkick. Now he's got him up with an exploded suplex. A nice kip up as well. And a running moonsault splash. No, Bailey's still in this one. Now picks him up. Airplane spin, but Matthews doesn't let that attempt last too often. Rolls him up. No, Baitlow manages to roll out of it. Into a pinning combination of his own. No, just out. Bait telling him to bring it. Matthews wants to fight. Uppercut, but the hill by Bait. And now Bait's got him in position. Tyler Driver 97. One, two, three. Bait wins. But Bait knows he was in a fight there. You can see the face after he gets a pin as well. Hell of a match. And Bailey Matthews, what a debut. Take a bow, son. And Bait now. Clapping Matthews, offering a hand. Lovely. Now, I think Bait looks like Matthews saying, there's a star there. I mean, Bait's only 23 himself. Matthews only 19. But Bait gets the win and we move on. We'll get a vignette from someone debuting from Berlin whose name isn't given the word... Divam Edek come on screen, which apparently means coming soon in Turkish. More on this later, though. You might already know him better, a kid. And then Piper Niven jumps Joseph Connors, but Ginny comes in for the save. Niven wants to face him in a handicap match, but Siskar says no. With that not happening, Niven grabs Jack Stars, and we seem to have a mixed tag. And then Lena Austin versus Ophi Valkyrie, or Aoife Valkyrie. I mean, it's spelled A-O-I-V-E. There's, there's no way it's Aoife. But they go with exchange wrist locks and start. Valkyrie spinning out, taking her down with the arm. Some kicks her legs, having Austin down, but she trips Valkyrie down for a charge. There's a running basement drop kick to give but Valkyrie pounds away. When the net break, it gives Valkyrie two, and Austin's small package gets the same. Valkyrie then unloads in the corner, and now there's a spinning heel kick, followed by a top rope axe kick for the pin in four minutes. So, I mean, they built her up as a top contender. This is an okay match, but I did zone out a bit. I preferred Austin to Valkyrie, actually, in this one. And Valkyrie is pleased with a win, but here's Nina Samuels going to bags. Looks like she's breakdown. And then Kelly Williams and Ashley Smith need to train to get the tag team titles. We get a video on Kaylee Ray versus Mika Satamora. And then our main event team titles, Pretty Deadly versus Gallus. Well, Gallus held the titles, like we say, since October 2019. But Lewis Howley and Sam Stoker, it's their biggest match in NXT UK. Well, Mark Coffey's going to start. He gets caught. See Sam Stoker starting, but... Pretty Deadly going to take their time. Wolfgang gets a tag. There's a couple of things about Pretty Deadly I don't mind. I mean, their trunks are so annoying. Uh, kind of long pink trousers doesn't... Real ill-fitting as well. And Wolfgang looks to be upset. He maybe got out-wrestled a little bit there by uh, Howley. Uh, Howley tags in Stoker after a nice forearm, but he gets taken down. And it's Wolfgang controlling the early going with Gallus. A nice double team to Howley. And a Pretty Deadly got to try and recuperate here. They've got to regroup, maybe... I mean, a bit over their heads, but Gallus looked confident so far. That was nice by Howley with a nice hip toss. 
Runs into Coffee, and again it's Gallus who seems to come out on top at the moment in time. Nice quick tags with Wolfgang, but there you go, nice double team there. Wolfgang was going to come running in. He saved, Stoker saved his partner, and now pretty deadly with the double arms. Wolfgang trying to fight both men off. Howley helping out Stoker. Now it's face off between the two teams. Referee needs to get a little bit of control here, and Wolfgang has got hold. Of Stoker sends him across the ring. Stoker's desperate to get that top turnbuckle off. And a distraction there by Howley. Oh, Wolfgang sent into the ring post. And that looks like he now are going to be in control. Batbreaker. And now they're picking him apart. You see, cutting off the ring. This is good tag teaming for these two young men. And Stoker holding Wolfgang wide open for Howley. Wolfgang in all sorts of trouble now being worked on in the corner. Can he create some separation and get the tag? And it looks like every time he does, he gets pulled back in the corner. But Wolfgang won't stay down. And again, you can see the two men talk to each other as they're making frequent tags. Stoker now grabs the back of Wolfgang. Then Howley capitalise. And Howley now just putting a big man on top turnbuckle. And Wolfgang with a splash just squashing Howley. Now Wolfgang, can he get to Joe Coffey? Howley trying to stop him. Oh no, Stoker in. And that's brilliant tag team getting in between him and his partner. But Wolfgang just tosses him off. Not in that way. And tags in Mark Coffey. Pretty deadly couldn't get there in time. Now the hot tag. And Mark Coffey, baby. Few shoulder blocks to both men. And Howley caught. With a half full Nelson slam. A huge suplex to Stoker. Howley in all sorts of trouble. Upcut in the corner. Huge clothesline. This is the tag team champions this amount of time. Bulldog off the second. But Howley to his credit gets his shoulder up at two. And a huge Russian leg swoop now. And Joe. So Mark kept wrist control. Rolled over. And Mark Coffey now picking up Howley. And Howley with a lovely sunset flip. Coffey gets out. Howley makes a tag. Sam Stoker in, but he gets caught. And a back suplex. I think the only difference between both teams at the moment, if you look in Pretty Deadly's corner, Howley is there. In Gallus's corner, gang's nowhere to be seen. And now Stoker and Coffey trying. Nice tag there, blind. Mark didn't see it. Gets caught with a boot. Howley threw him into Stoker. Knee breaker. No. And it's this pretty deadly's moment. No, huge kick there by Mark Coffey. Wolfgang back on the end, uh, back on his apron now. Gets a tag. And Gallus might be looking to the end hit here on Pretty Deadly. Got Mark with slingshot. Howley up onto Coffey. A Samoan drop. Wolfgang off the second. Moonsault. One, two. Stoker at the last possible second. Breaking up the pin. Sam Stoker on the apron. Can't avoid Wolfgang. <laughs> Mark Coffey just sends him into the apron. Hardest part of the ring, but Howley with the roll up. Not like that. And he tried to leapfrog Wolfgang, but Wolfgang speared him down. But maybe didn't hook the leg and that cost him. But now it looks like it's Gallus. We're going to end it here. Wolfgang picking him up. But here comes Sam Stoker. He gets dropped with forearm. Howley low with a nice clothesline to Mark. And he's get clotheslined out by Wolfgang. Stoker ring. Howley's a legal man. And a slap by Stoker sends Wolfgang crazy. Wolfgang's chasing him down, but how back elbow, sending him over the barricade, and now Mark Coffey's left alone, can pretty deadly capitalise, Howley tags in Stoker, big back elbow dropped by Mark Coffey, Mark knows he's by himself, but a face buster, double team, variation, and that couldn't keep him down, but there's a glint in of pretty deadly, they've got a tag title belt, and Sam Stoker's got one, so has Howley, but he misses his shot, Oh, but Sam Stoker, DDT, on the title belt. Coffee might be in trouble. The loaded gun has been disposed of. Sam Stoker picks him up. Netbreaker. 
into the cover. One, two, three. And we have new NXT UK champions in Pretty Deadly. The historic reign of Gallus is over. And now Lewis Howley, Stam Stoker are the NXT UK tag team champions. I can't believe it. The future looks pretty deadly here in a tag team division in NXT UK. What a great match. I mean, Hill teams, they really, really brought it. And pretty deadly. I tell you what, they impressed me. I mean, they're annoying in a good way. They brought it in this match. And Gallus, you know, what else can be done with them? Tag team champions for so long. But Rizzive and a great uh, main event for NXT UK. Or oh, Nigel's calling up as well. Absolutely brilliant. He says there's tears in the eyes of pretty deadly team champions. But we move on to March 4th. And I've got to say, NXT UK theme is kind of growing on me. It's time for a special show with a huge main event. This week's women's title match is on the line as Kaylee Ray defends against Miko Satmora in what sounds like a final boss fight because that's an awesome, appropriate nickname. Um, we're going to get to it. But first off, I mean, talk about how big the main event is. Let's start with the tail of the tape. Well, Kaylee Ray, height 5'6", signature moves, the gory bomb and the swanton bomb. Her style's aerial, technical, her debut's 2009. She has the longest run in 51 days, former ICW Women's Champion as well. Mora Heights, 5'2", signature moves, Death Valley Bomb, Scorpio Rising, style, Joshi Puriso, her debut 1995, accolades, former Progress Women's Champion, former World of Stardom Champion, WWE Nitro debut, age 17. Pretty incredible for both women there. We get an opening um, promo video full of women's start match as well. Um, the Sasha Banks, Tony Storm, Bailey, all talking about Mika Satamora. And we got our first match, which is Sam Gradwell working off. Gradwell gets a slap in the face and dodges away, only to get taken to the mat with a head and arm clutch. That's broken up with Gradwell going for an arm, but walking straight into a big paper, but he's still at the top and knock him to the floor. Back in, and Gradwell gets two off his shots to the face, but as we check his busted mouth. The butterfly suplex sets up a chin lock, but Jagannoff fights up and stares him down. A hard head but rocks Gradwell and sets up the rolling German suplexes to rock Gradwell again. The top right backsplash looks to set up a Tapodi in Moscow, only to hit an explosive. Dragonoff is fine enough to slip out of farmer's carry low, and the hard elbows to Gradwell's head are good for a stoppage. Sam does make me laugh, uh, and I love this story via just losing his shit and absolutely beating him up. Post-match, Dragonoff keeps on loading with the elbows until referee reverses his decision. Dragonoff goes after referees before snapping back to reality and looking at his hands. Dragonoff is near tears as own. I like both of these guys. It was a hard hit match. Sam bleeding from the mouth, eye losing his shit. He's playing it brilliant because he's not actually in control. And Gradwell smirking. And then Tierman, lucky kid, tells us that his name is Tierman and he is coming next week. I like it. And Zaya Brookside is Nina Samuels Bringer and Aaliyah James and Apple Tea. Nina spikes the tea, but Brookside takes the wrong one, meaning the frustration grows again. And it's time for Supernova Sessions with Naomi Dar. Read some nice statements about himself. Tyler Bate is a guest this week and Dar mocks him for looking young. Bate is proud of his company, which mentions being a vegan. Therefore, Dar has a gift for him a lot of broccoli and some lettuce which Bate enjoys but Bate doesn't take it because you only lose when you don't do Dar says Bate should face Dave Master next week which Bate will do assuming it's under Heritage Cup rules he's in no one's doormat and he wants that funky music played thoughts on this I love uh, Noam Dar and Bate is now kind of a guru character Ben Cart was trained at Performance Centre this week and talked about how awesome it is. We get video on Leia James, who was inspired by Melina and Mickey James. Isla Dawn is using the Luigi board, crystal ball and tarot cards for an unexplained... And then we get Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan versus Oliver Carter 
and Ashton Smith. Williams rolls away from Carter's wrist, looks to start, and they miss a few charges each. Smith comes in to run Williams over and takes him down with judo throw. Back up and a crossbody sets up a headlock, but it's off to Jordan in a hurry. This goes badly for him as well, as Smith forearms him to the head, followed by Carter dropping him face first onto Smith's raised boots. Running close, I guess Smith too. It's back to Carter for some face kicks. Jordan manages an insecurity low and a hot tag brings in Williams to clean house. A code red gives Williams two on Smith. The everything breaks down. Williams with Jordan hits Stereo dives on the floor. Williams down with a face plant back inside. Carter flicks Smith into a 450 for two on Jordan while Williams making the same. Williams dives onto Smith and it's Jordan trading roll-ups with Carter with Jordan in trouble. Williams turns a roll-up over and Jordan gets the pin. So Kelly wins the mid. Jordan beat Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith. The story was Kelly sick. Uh, off team with Jordan who has suffered an injury been put on the mirror into possible situations but still coming out the other end but now teaming well until you know uh, appreciate Smith Cart wearing the same colours but come up with a team name we get a video on Jenny Joseph Connors versus Piper Lim and Jack Stiles Piper wants to fight them both on her own but had to get a partner so Stiles is filling in for the first time ever in the mixed NXT UK history and Amir Jordan and Kelly Williams are happy with their win and ready to keep going against Flash Morgan Webster Mark Andrews next week and then it's the women's title matches. Kaylee Ray versus Mika Satmore. We've just had the entrances. Mika grabs the arm and just kicks Kaylee Ray down. Well, we see members of the NXT UK women's roster. We've seen watching on the screens in the background. Satmore worked over Kaylee Ray. The champ came back with a drop kick and a roll through Snapman and followed with a stiff kick to the chest of Satmore. Satmore looked an SDF and made it to the ropes to break the hold. Satmore walked over the legs but managed to come back with a face first suplex and a Koji clutch. Kaylee Ray then followed with a kneeling abdominal stretch. After doing some kicks in the corner, Kaylee Ray reached a turning point in the match and she managed to take Satmore's legs and hit a draping DDT on the outside for the mats of the ringside. Kaylee went for a gory bomb in the apron but Satmore escaped. And instead hit a Death Valley bomb onto the apron. Kaylee Ray barely made it in the ring in time. Satmore hit a cartwheel knee drop on Kaylee Ray's back. Then hit a Saito suplex for a close near fall. Kaylee Ray managed to come back from the out the corner. Then locked in the Koji clutch once more. But Satmore returned to hold into a pinning tent for two. Kaylee Ray held onto the hold until Satmore got a foot on the bottom rope. Satmore managed to kick Kaylee Ray's head as she headed to the top rope. Then wrenched her up for another near Death Valley, uh, Death Valley bomb for a very close near fall. After a brief struggle on the top rope, Satmore went for a frog splash from the top, but Kaylee Ray got her knees up, which looked to also hurt Kaylee Ray's knees. Uh, Kaylee Ray hit the gory bomb, but she was slow to make the cover, and Satmore kicked out. Uh, she then looked to pick Satmore up, but her knees buckled under. Kaylee Ray literally dragged herself to the top, hurt the in all for a somersault center, but Satmore evaded. Kaylee Ray blocked Satmore's scorpion kick and went for another gory bomb, but Satmore countered and destroyed a power bomb for another near fall. Kaylee escaped for another Death Valley bomb. She hit a super kick but got wiped out with a pellet kick for Satamora a split second later. Kaylee Ray turned another Death Valley bomb attempt to cruise fix for the two count. They managed to hoist Satamora up for the power bomb position, which used to transition into a fiery Goro bomb for the pinfall victory. Kaylee Ray then helped Satamora beat where the two women bowed to each other and hugged. Satamora was in tears over, uh, over her loss. Go out of your way to watch the main event, which is a fantastic, strong soul Joshi battle. Kaylee Ray is the upper echelon of female talent WWE. Basically, has to turn babyface now as fighting champion to beat all challenges, including the best in the world, even overcoming injuries. The uh, logical path for the next challenger seems to be undefeated, um, Eva Valkyrie. But we see what happens. I reckon Piper Niven deserves her chance to finally become champion. A match that was. Move on to March 11 as it's back for the BT Sports Studios. Zandy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness are buzzing over the mixed tag main event. We get Heritage Cup rules. Tyler Bate versus Dave Mastiff first. Bate still looks to find himself so we get in the Heritage Cup format. Round one we get going as Mastiff takes Bate to the ropes. 
before a wrist lock held onto as Tyler tried to escape it. Bate hits some shoulder charge, but Mastiff hits an arm whip to break free as they close down. Another lockup sees Mastiff hand a defended wrist lock as Bate tries to the mat. Mastiff counters with a wrist lock of his own and rolls Bate to the mat. Tyler rolls free and comes back with a side head lock, throwing some boots to the head before Tyler rebounds, so it flips out the corner, makes it 1 0. Second round. Round three, Bate tries to sting. Mastiff with kicks to start, but Mastiff cuts him off with elbows. Tyler replies with elbows of his own and a diving uppercut off the middle rope for an exploder blocked. Instead, Tyler hauls up Mastiff, but ends up taking a crucifix bong as Mastiff levels at one minute of the third. Round four, Bate gets a bad back, not helped by Mastiff with Bill throw across the ring, but Mastiff isn't staying on top of Tyler and continues to play with his prey, hitting a series of slams before a powerbomb and has got the win. Tyler got shoulder up, so Mastiff hauls him up for a Finley roll with Tyler rolling to the outside for a breather. Round five, Mastiff gets caught with big boot as he went for Bate, followed by some downs and elbows. Bate kicks those away and then cuffs the ropes, only for Mastiff to catch him. Um, Bate gives out, back gives out again before we get an airplane spin and a diving right hand before Bate went up top for a spiral tap to 32 of the fifth round. Uh, would it kill someone to win 2-0? Uh, Mastiff not pouncing on Bate at the end continues as a trend that sees him continue to lose from winning positions. It's a good match, but we need direction for Tyler Bate. Dave is a guy to beat, not the guy. Um, and then promo time, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster and Kenny Williams and Mia Jordan went to spin tonight's tag match into the top contenders match. The Kenny Williams' turning signs look like it's still a flashing. And then... Um, we get video time and Ether Valkyrie's fighting a battle from within as she's apparently sabotaging herself. She's still undefeated. And then we get Danny Jones versus Tierman making his debut. Tierman takes down Jones in an armbar then keeps him there with a wrist lock as Jones backs him to the corner. There's no clean break and Tierman slaps him then lands a low drop kick on the Welshman. Jones tries to mount a comeback but Tierman hits him in the ribs then lands a running forearm that looks to KO Jones. Rather than pick him up, Tierman rubs his Boots into Jones and stretch him with a double armbar surfboard. Jones fights with his feet and reverses a hold, but Tierman straight into the ropes. And Elba breaks it, but Jones hits back a back to keep himself in it. For a low drop kick, spins Jones down. Tierman heads up top and hits a missile drop kick to the back. A stomp to the back follows two and another before a crossface forces a quick submission. This is very brief, but established Tierman as someone who has a game plan. Work the back, then wrench it with a crossface. Not a great engine, but I quite like the walk. He's a 12-year vet. He's Turkish-German. A slaps to... Um, we're fresh. Reminds me a bit of Andrade, who's asked for his release recently. We'll get more of that story soon. Uh, back to the match. It was an okay debut. When Nina Samuels called upon Zaya Brookside to clean up her hotel room and wash his dishes, even though Zaya had a dishwasher. I mean, at least doing some women's comedy is a bit uh, light. Eddie Dennis vignette time. He's mad at Wild Boar for weakening the pack and forcing Eddie to face the consequences. Eddie replaced him with Tyson T-Bone as the hunt had a substitution to the pack. Ball had knee surgery. Explains all this from perspective. Vignette time to put the spot on my this week. I get the feeling they're planning something bigger and how much of a mind they're not signed. And Gallus are at a closed snook hall because COVID. The lick of the wounds now they're no longer on top. And then Kenny Williams, Amir Jordan versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Webster and Jordan are heavily taped up. We start with Williams and Webster. An open lockup goes nowhere, so Webster goes after Williams' arm and rings it. The wrist lock takes down a Scotsman, frustrating Williams, who comes back in with an ankle pick. Webster breaks the ropes as Williams then resumes with a snap ref for a blind tag by Drews ahead of a step-up dropkick off of Webster's back. Amir Jordan comes in but gets dropkicked to the outside as a player regroup. And then Webster tries to cut him off, but counters and counters lead to Jordan being knocked off the open by accident for a heads up headbutt from Webster and the rebound. Lambert for Williams gets both men down. Williams gets frustrated at Jordan not being able to tag in and almost loses to a small package. Williams heads into the corner and unsights referee allowing him to hit a mule kick before a snapmare driver to get a win. As soon as that, Webster and Andrews look to be heading down. 
Tag team titles seem for the being, but all is not well with either. Uh, rankings would work at NXT UK, I think. I think that would definitely work. I mean, obviously not going to do it because of AEW. Uh, I love this. They've told quite a few stories in this. It's great matches with a little nuances. I drag on a video recap uh, saying that he's losing it all the time. He speaks next week. Then Trent Seven tells us the Cruiserweight title Wayne is going to be on WWE's bump next week. He's got Tyler Bate helping him to train him, but with Jordan Devlin on full fat NXT, taking up Escobar, has this perhaps tipped the result of the match? And then we get Vignette and Ben Carter get the new name. Nathan Fraser, he's got new gear too. Uh, I'm guessing he's a big fan of Viscera. I don't know, but you get tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Anyway, different, just generic name. Next week, Walter makes a statement. Our main event is Jenny and Joseph Connors versus Piper Niven and Jack Stars. The entries start with six minutes left in the show, so this has to be going into overtime. Jenny and Niven start, but of course, Jenny's not doing anything, so tags in Connors. That means Stars automatically comes in, he's taken down for a one count before Kavak keeps Stars at bay. Stars escapes and works over Connors' wrist to head down. Um, a leg sweep and back sent on. Manages to get Piper in, who then attacks, uh, takes Ginny out, who then tags out. A tag brings in Niven, but Ginny starts a Benny Hill chase and gets charged down by Niven. Piper throws Ginny around and lands a diving splash for two count. But Ginny comes back with some right hands and gets decked with a headbutt. That knocks her back in the corner with Connors tagging back in. He mouths off and gets slapped by Niven and then throws into Exploder for stars, setting up for a pair of cannonballs, uh, which fed into a Piper drop. Niven press slam Styles onto Connors from there, and that's a win. Jack Styles wins a main event. Two rarities in one. Uh, Connors, uh, thoughts on this. Connors is doing his best regal impersonation in his manner. Oh, gosh. Um, a lot of that we did with Piper because she was a hot tag and the biggest star in the match. Styles and Pipe celebrate as we go off the air. They didn't mention last week's women's title match once. Uh, NXT UK needs to be longer. I never thought I'd say this about a show, but they're trying to cram so much in to an hour, an hour. It should be like an hour and a half, two-hour show. Really, really entertaining. Like Impact using vignettes to help the stories as well. And speaking of British talent, of course, the second round of the NJPW New Japan Cup has continued. And only today, Will Ospreay defeated Zack Sabre Jr., uh, of course, we'll be catching up with that with uh, Monty down at some point. Of course, the winner of that faces Kotobushi at Sakura Genesis. And at last episode of NXT UK, 18th of March, it's Devlin versus Seven. We open with clips from weighing with Devlin weighing in at 195 pounds and Seven at 204.25 pounds. So just over 24 hours notice, we get a title match. And it's back to BT Sports Studios and Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness are on call for Nathan Fraser versus Ashton Smith. Of course, Fraser, the former Ben Carter, making his debut in the name. A shotgun drop, shotgun drop kick via Smith in the corner ahead of some boots. And a coast to coast drop a near full before Smith avoids a back sent on. And Eddie wins with a blue thunder bomb from the reverse. Eddie put Fraser counters and hits the springboard moonsault into the eye of Hurricane for the splog, frog splash gets the win. Frog splash for the finisher. I mean, there's been many a great one. Uh, and we get a decent for a TV match, but the new name hasn't brought any fresh dominance as Smith took a lot in that match. Might have preferred Ben Cartwright with Fraser, but Devin could now, of course, own it. Then I drag it off as a promo backstage. He apologises for recent behaviour, but gets interrupted by Sam Gradwell, you yoghurt, who gloats about the win and talks himself into a no-DQ match for once speechless. At vignette time, Isla Dawn is still playing with candles and Ouija boards. They announced NXT UK Prelude on April 8th. So not quite a takeover special. Where have I heard that name? Oh, that's right. Here when we do AEW prelude to uh, AEW as well. So fair play, WWE. We then get a Johnny St. Tennis and Iron Dars being asked for a title match raked, but he needs to beat Tyler Bate in a Heritage Cup match at prelude to get the shot. We've got promo time for Seven versus Devin. And then Dana Luna versus Miko Satamora. Surprising these two have met one under the Progress banner with Miko bit uh, Danny in a title match in October 2019. That's aeons ago. Um... 
Southmore side headlock is broken up by Danny, but more kicks takes Luna to the corner. Headlock running forearm. Uppercut drops Luna for a two count, but suplex had Luna ahead. Uh, Danny hits with a full way slam, but can't avoid a spinning heel kick of Satmore. Drops her. Uh, Luna cuts Satmore into the corner, back in, and the kicks. And they both trade strikes. A clothesline from Danny lands a near full, but Miko took down Danny with a bicycle kick, following with Scorpio rising for the win. Not a bad match. I guess a rematch with Kaylee Ray will happen or be a stepping stone. Well, Ginny has a vignette moaning how Piper Niven broke the rules, so she discounts the loss last week because of Niven hitting a Piper driver to Connors. Um, the feud is continuing. It's going to be Stars versus Connors in a singles match. They show Devlin winning the NXT Cruiserweight title, Wells Clyde in January 2020, and then stuff happened. You got two cancel fights. Uh, during the break, Dana Luna approached. She shrugged off inevitable loss as Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster brought her a ring jacket and some water. And speaking of water, he is next. Uh, he was on full fat NXT last night. We've got to say here, well, he gets golf clap. He runs down a list of names he's beaten. And he's here for competition. Walter asks Johnny Saint to find a new challenger for him. And that's the cue for Rampage's music. Rampage comes out for a couple of ropes. He stuck his foot under it. A comedy shout, but it's meant to be important. And Trent goes for another seven stars, but referee breaks it up as Devlin thumbs Trent's eyes for a je- Devlin inside gets the near fall. I thought that was it at that point, without a doubt. And then Devlin heads up top again for a 450 splash to seven's back. And that is it. This is more about seven losing weight than winning the belt, like we said. But what a match this was. Great match. Chops are vicious. And at a takeover, um, as an opener, that would have taken the roof off the... So that is it for NXT UK. Next time, NXT UK, April 4th. And of course, a prelude will add to TakeOver as well. So we'll have the huge NXT UK title match. Volta versus Rampage Brown with Stand and Deliver. Um, but until then, don't forget our follow of the week is Matthew W. We're across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. We're also on Facebook and Instagram across the Google platform. Send us an email at WNR Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube, WNR Podcast. Podcasts go at the same time and YouTube is do SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be WB Fastlane. It's the last stop on the road to WrestleMania. But until then, I've been James Rodens. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.